Many years ago, when I was 15, I remember being in a woodshop class, and I had just gotten a Tommy Hilfinger shirt, and I'd just gotten Tommy Hilfinger jeans, and I was feeling pretty good about myself, and uh, just kind of feeling pretty good about like my style. I finally feel like I had fit into the crowd of people that I was trying to impress and trying to feel like I had gotten a new, you know, gotten like a new, what, what would you say, like a new like set of friends or reached a new rung, you know, in the social ladder. And I remember being in class and it was kind of a quiet point. And one of the popular kids, and it's funny, I'm forgetting his name now, but uh, he looks at me and he just starts laughing. And back then, I wasn't as uh, confident as you could say. I wasn't really, I didn't really feel that good about myself because, you know, why, why did I want a Tommy Hilfinger shirt? Why did I beg my parents for months to get, you know, the expensive clothes and, you know, these things that... In hindsight now, it seems kind of silly, but back then it was really important. It was really important to fit in. It was really important to feel like you belonged to a group. It was really important to feel like you mattered when it came to, you know, having friends. And one of the ways that I thought I could do that was, well, if I want to be in a certain group, I should just dress like I'm in that certain group, right? And so... I'm in shop class and he's laughing at me and then some of his friends start laughing at me and uh, naturally I said, you know, what's what's so funny? And they're like, dude, you've been wearing that same shirt and pants for like three days. Is that the only thing you own? And uh, that cut pretty deep at the time I I try not to show it right you know you try and put on you're a dude right so you're trying like put on a brave face but on the inside I was just burning I was just because they found me out right they found me out they discovered my my flaw that I didn't want them to see which was you know I didn't feel good about myself and therefore they knew I was trying to fit in and that moment and I'm sure you've had moments too maybe back in your uh, maybe your you know adolescent years, if you will, but that moment really kind of altered my life. It really sort of put a lot of things um, into play that would later turn out to be, I would say in hindsight, pretty good things. But at the time, it triggered a very dark, very dark moment in my life. I fell into a deep, deep depression. And I couldn't figure out who I was anymore. I didn't have any, didn't have, I didn't have any, didn't have any anchoring point. I didn't have something to look back and say, you know what? That's who I am. That's who I am. And I didn't have that. I didn't have something to say, hey, Justin, no, this is who you are. And it really rattled my world. And sunk me into one of the lowest, darkest points in my life, which is maybe, I don't know, maybe you have gone through this too. I, I suspect in our teens, we tend to fall into very 
um, very, we can fall into a very deep, dark path because we're trying to figure out who we are. We're trying to figure out our place in the world. We're trying to figure out what our values are, who's important to us, what's important to us would be another one. And, you know, what do we want to do with ourselves in the world? And I've talked about this before on the podcast. Uh, I think in an interview, I don't think I've done a separate issue on this or a, a separate podcast on this, but the the place that I was at was a place that was very trying for me because I couldn't figure out three really important questions that I felt like everyone around me had figured out. I felt like, which is silly now, but I felt like the the the, the, the people around me knew what colleges they were going to go to. They knew what they wanted to do for the rest of their life. They seemed happy and confident. And in my world, my lens at the moment that I was viewing the world through, it was just a dark, dark place. I, I didn't feel like I belonged in school. In fact, I never really felt like I belonged in school. I remember being in fourth grade, looking out the window, wishing I'd be you know, in space as an astronaut. Because that was more entertaining to me than trying to figure out math that I knew I was never going to really apply. And I just felt like it was a system. You know, I just felt like school was a system. I felt like I was being brought into this system that I didn't really agree with and the system didn't really agree with me. So I'm 15, going through, what would that be? A third life crisis? No. Quarter life crisis? No, more than that. See, I'm not that good with numbers, but I was going through a crisis, very early crisis, and I couldn't answer three questions. There was three questions that were burning me. They were burning inside, and they were all I could think about. They were all consuming thoughts that I could not shake, I could not get rid of, and it drove me nuts because I couldn't find the answer. Everything else I could find the answer for eventually, but I couldn't find the answers to this, to these three questions. And it was eating me alive. And it ate me alive for a while until I finally got sick and tired of feeling the way I was feeling. And I wanted to find those answers to these questions. And the three questions that I could not answer at 15 were, who am I? Why am I here? And what's my purpose? You know, like what's the what's the point? And that those questions really sparked a, a journey for me that is continuing on to this day. And it's evolved so many times due to so many things that have happened, but it's it's a continuous journey that sparked itself, manifested itself fifteen years ago out of a dark, dark depression I could not find a way through, or it didn't seem like I could find a way through. And so it began this journey where I I started reading uh, a lot of books, um, a lot of metaphysical books. Conversations with God was one of them, The Alchemist, and actually that's a three-part series, so there's three of them, Conversations with God. And I haven't looked at it now, but back then it really put things in perspective for me and it was literally a book about a guy who was talking to God. And I was thinking, you know, of all the people that could probably help me right now, it would be God, right? Like, God could help me. Like, God could 
provide some sort of answers. And and so I, I liked that book. And I it was Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh, I think. And so I liked that book. And then I decided I would sign up uh, for like a youth group. And I should make a note that the Conversations with God, I don't think that's a Christian or Catholic or uh, I don't think it's a I, I think it's a spiritual book, not necessarily a uh, like a Christian or a Catholic kind of book. And so I, I decided that, uh, you know, I, I like that experience. So I'm going to try another experience. And so I went to uh, I went to a youth group and I figured, well, maybe I could find friends there. And, you know, to be honest, uh, I guess the real driving force, I want to make it like, oh, yeah, I was searching for answers. But really, there was a really cute girl that I liked that was uh, going to the youth group. So I, I would say that that was probably um the driving force back then, but then there was also the added benefit. So I think I went for maybe two or three times and pretty much quickly decided that it wasn't for me. Um, I'm not going to really kind of get into it. I'm just going to say, I guess, that I just don't agree with a judgmental higher power being that has the same characteristics or very similar characteristics, or at least we're told has similar characteristics to a human. I just think that if you're God... If you're something that created the universe, then you probably don't have human emotions. I mean, look at the animal kingdom. You know, there's very few animals that experience jealousy, uh, for example, or needing to get back at somebody and harbor these ill feelings towards one particular member or monkey. So it didn't really sit well with me. And decided very quickly that religion probably isn't for me. And so I kept reading more books like The Alchemist. And that really, that actually really resonated with me. Because it was about basically a boy on his journey to find his hidden treasure. And when, spoiler alert, when he finds his supposed treasure in the desert where uh, everyone said it would be. And, you know, he... Uh, went through a really rough journey to get there. He realized that his treasure was really uh, in himself and uh, back home. And and that's just paraphrasing. And to be honest, it's been a, a minute since I've read it, but it was one of my favorite books. And it still is one of my favorite books. I tend to read it um, almost once a year. And so I went on this journey to find answers and was determined to find these answers and I, uh, I, I, I really, I really opened up the door for me into into personal development. Uh, I read Dan Millman's um, uh, "Way of the Peaceful Warrior." I think that's the title. Uh, man, these were these were long, long time ago. And uh, there was that. Um, there was another one. I kind of spilled into NLP in a little bit, a little bit uh, for a little bit, I should say. And that was um, I read uh, "Minds Power Unleashed." by Sam uh, Ch- Chauhan, if I'm saying that right. And and I've read Tony book, uh, Tony Robbins' book, uh, Awaken the Giant Within, and so many others. And all these books offer different perspectives and help me shape the answers to the questions that had still, you know, plagued, um, plagued me. And, you know, it's interesting because for all the the books I've read, for all the personal development classes I've taken, 
you know, you'd think you would, at some point you'd find these answers. And I think some people do a lot sooner than others. And I think some of us are, are late bloomers. I would probably put myself in that category of the late bloomer category. And what I've realized through my journey is that the, the act of finding yourself just leads you in a circle because you can't really find yourself per se. There's no, there's no path that you can take and, 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 and reach some sort of destination and then finally say, oh, hey, I found myself. Like, all right. Because here's the thing. If you don't have an idea of, of who you are really, um, not the, I'm not talking about the facade that we put on uh, when we uh, interact in the world, our sort of armor, if you will, this invisible armor that we wear that, you know, like when somebody asks us how we're doing, our automatic response is good, even if we're having the shittiest day ever, you know, so we wear this armor with this, this mask that we use to interact with the world. And some of us, or maybe I should say some of you, uh, really believe in your mask. You really believe in that armor, these walls that you've built around yourself. And I did too. And these walls are sort of ever expanding because once you get over a, a, a one set of walls, you're going to feel free and you're going to run around. And then all of a sudden you're going to hit a new set of walls, except these set of walls, just like the last one, are invisible. And they're really hard to see, but you can feel them. You know that they're there because... When you reach the edge of these walls, the the reality that you believe in starts to become massively challenged because beyond the walls is the great unknown, the things that scare us, right? And ironically, the things that we most want are in that out unknown uh, part of life that if you were to sort of, if you were to live in a circle, right, everything that you want is going to be outside that circle. And then, so you jump outside that circle, right? And then you're in sort of a new circle, right? Because now you just got what you wanted. But once you get to where you want, you're always going to want more. It's just a human thing for a lot of us. And so once you reach that level, and eventually you'll you'll get to a circle, I imagine, where you just don't want anything else. You have everything you need. You have everything you want. And life is just good and dandy. Can't say I've reached that place myself, but I imagine that's you get to a point where you've done so much and you have so much and I, I just, I can't imagine uh, this this continuous cycle of always wanting more. It, it just sounds tiring to be honest. But so we wear these armors and, and we wear this armor and, and, and these masks and what ends up happening is we, 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 we believe in them so much that we, we don't really know who we are per se. We don't have a full identity, a full, a full narrative or a full, what would you call it? Like a, like, you know how DNA is the foundation for our body, right? And for everything that we have, we don't have like a DNA for the self unless we, unless we develop it. And that's the, that's the point of all this, because I've spent so many years trying to find myself and only to come to the place where I realize that it's not finding yourself, it's it's creating yourself. And there's a big difference, right? And actually sometimes when you create, when you when you go down the path of creating yourself, you find and discover new things. But it's the act of creation that leads to discovery, not discovery itself leads to more creation, in my opinion. And 
it's really profound to look at your life as an act of constantly creating things, right? We're either creating more money, better health, worse health, no money. Uh, we're creating good relationships. We're creating bad relationships. We're creating drama. We're creating no drama. We're always creating something because every action we take has an influence in the world that we live in. And that's always going to be true. And so when we don't have an identity, we don't really know who we are, we don't have an operating code, a system code to guide us, then we're left at the whims of life. We're left at the whims of our emotions. We're left at the whims of our lower self. And the lower self will define here as the jealous, angry, negative, shitty aspects of our personality. And if you haven't been there, and if you don't know what that is, then, you know, I mean, more power to you, I guess. But I think until you get to your lowest, lowest point where your reality gets shattered, completely, utterly shattered. And that's happened to me uh, more than a couple times where life was going one way and then some cataclysmic event happens and it shatters everything I thought I knew. And a really good example of that is relationships. So you might think that you're going to get married. You might think that you have found the one and then something will happen and that will, you know, I'm not saying this happens for everybody, by the way. I'm actually happily married now and I, I love it. But I have had relationships in the past where I thought, you know, everything was going peachy. It would work out really well. And then I was, I couldn't have been more wrong. And so these earth shattering moments that we go through can really bring some of the best possible things for us in life because they 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 take away this preconceived idea of how the world should be and they they level us they just completely level us and when that dust settles when the 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 ashes is coming to the ground and it's sort of settling we have a new fresh pair of eyes to view the world and that's an amazing thing. Destruction causes creation. And creation causes destruction. Because ultimately, what destroys us, we can build anew and build better and stronger. It's been a theme in history for a long time. And then anything we create has the potential to one day not be there anymore. Right? And... You, we can't live in a, in a place, though, where we don't want to create stuff because we're afraid it will go away, right? That's attachment. Um, that's being too attached to things, right? For fear of if we don't have these things, then we don't, then, then you know, for fear of avoiding pain, we like to attach ourselves to things so that we don't have to feel pain, except when we attach ourselves to things, it can cause even more pain when those things aren't there. And so creation... In the act of creation, at some point, that creation isn't going to be there anymore. And that's a, you know what's a really good example of that? Us, me and you. We were born, and, and the day that we were born, a clock started ticking somewhere, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a definitely a point where we're going to die. We're not going to be here anymore. And that scares the shit out of some people, and that's a whole, probably a whole nother can of worms. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get into. Maybe I'll get into, but I don't think I am. Uh, it's a, 
so when we were born, there's a clock that's ticking and, and we have a finite time on this planet and we don't know when we're going to go. At least most of us don't. And, you know, to be honest, I don't want to know when I'm going to go because that allows me to live in each and every day and, and it adds more uh, more value to each and every day. Each and every day is more special when we don't know when we're going to go. And so when we leave this place, you know, when we leave this place, we are essentially destroyed and then something else will take its place, right? Not in the same way, not in the exact same you know, pattern or, you know, it's not like a, a new us is going to be reborn, but I don't know if you believe in reincarnation or, you know, some sort of, I guess, afterlife, then if that's the case, when we depart from this planet, then we're born again somewhere else. And that's the process of creation. Creation is uh, uh, always doing this dance with destruction, you know, and actually, our solar system is a good example of that. You know, what created these planets? A big, giant star exploding on itself. Think about that. Created this island that we live in, that we call Earth. It's in the middle of a, you know, solar system, or not quite in the middle, but it's in a solar system in the habitable zone. And we get to experience life in the way that we get to experience it. That's pretty cool. So what I've discovered is that you can't really find yourself, but you can create yourself. And the creating yourself is the fun part. And and actually this happened this week. One of my clients, you know, the question after we had this conversation was, well, how do I create myself? And I guess my, my question to that, you know, talk about answering a question with a question, but what do you want to be? What do you want out of life? Because you can create it. Might be hard. Might be hard as fuck. But you can create it, you can build it, but you can't build it if you don't believe that you're a powerful creator. And perhaps where we realize that our power is through creating something that we just had an idea on. So if you have an idea about something, see if you can create it. And notice that the path of creation isn't the path of a destination. The path is simply just to create something. And if you can do it, awesome. And if you can't, I bet you're going to learn a lot during the process. And the only reason why people get defeated and the only reason why people don't create more of the things that they want is because they get discouraged or they look at failure as uh, a result about themselves. They, if, if, if somebody fails and they have a weak mind around it, then they consider themselves a failure, not, not learning. See, failure is learning. Failure shows you something. But, and, and, and by shows you something, it can either show you two things. If you have the right mindset, it'll show you what you need to do better, right? You'll learn, you'll, you'll do something like, oh man, I should have built that better, right? For example, a quick example here, and I keep tying cryptocurrency to this and that's a weird translation, but I built a mining machine and after I built it, I immediately realized how I could have probably saved uh, about five to six, maybe $700, right? So immediately after doing that, but what was I going to do? I mean, I could have been a little bit smarter, a little bit better, but given the variables and the situation that it had itself, I, I went with the decisions I made and I made some mistakes, not detrimental mistakes, just made to just cost me more. And now I know what to do next time. Or if it's a business, right? You might start a business or work on a book or do whatever it is that you're passionate about. 
He might get us to a certain point, and then you're going to experience failure. You're always going to experience failure on your path. The the, the, the thing that keeps people, the reason why people quit after they experience failure is because they don't look at it as I'm learning something. They look at it as it's about them. Uh, they're not good enough. And it brings up all their programs, you know, that say that they're not good enough, that, you know, oh, I should have listened to myself or my parents. You know, they said this was a silly idea. And look, here, I, I failed. So it's, it must be a silly idea. It's confirmation bias is what keeps people down. And they don't even realize that it's a confirmation bias. It's a it's a cognitive distortion. Or is that a cognitive bias? Can't remember. There's 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 actually there are two separate things. But either way, it's a cognitive error, not an not not a, a truism, a truth about who you are. So create yourself. Do something with your life. I think people that don't have a purpose or direction feel really lost like I did for 15 or so years. I'm much more grounded in my direction now. Do I have everything figured out? No. Am I on a path to figure things out? Yes. Um, Am I going to experience failure? Absolutely. Have I experienced failure? All the time. All the time I experience failure. But it's just part of the journey. You just learn. That's the... It's a beautiful part about these brains that we're given is that they're complex machines that can learn and can get better and we can get really, really good at stuff if we keep going. So it's about creating yourself and maybe I'll do another, maybe I'll do another podcast about uh, coming up with a plan, you know, something to follow, giving yourself a roadmap so that you can, when you wake up every day, you know where you're going. And see, if you don't have purpose, if you don't have something you're building, if you don't have a direction that you're going, you're just going to feel lost. You're going to hate your job because it's not going to make sense to you. Why are you being at this job if there's no other purpose other than pay the bills? And sure, that's a great purpose, but there's got to be something more to life, isn't there? So what is it that you want to do? What impact do you want to have? What do you want to create? Do you want to be a writer? Do you want to blog? Do you want to create a movie? Do you want to create music? You know, even if you just do it for yourself and nobody else, you're ahead of the game compared to all the other people that are walking around like zombies that don't know who they are. They don't know why they have these jobs other than to pay some bills and they're not happy. And doesn't matter what age you are, you know, looking down the road, do you want to continue living life like that? I don't. I don't think you do either. So... Do something worthwhile. And, you know, I guess I'm speaking more from a male perspective. I I suspect that for women, they need to also feel purpose. I think it's a human thing. But I know for sure, I know for sure men, the, the, the biggest problem with men right now is we don't have any wars to fight. We've got nothing we're 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 in such a complacent time in human history where there's no wars. I mean, sure we have wars around the planet. But not like World War II or World War One, or back in the day, you know, when the Romans were around. Like, they were at war all the time. And I'm not saying war is a good thing. What I mean when I, by that, this is, a, this is an analogy, folks, is that men don't have a cause. Something to champion. Something to feel heroic. That, hero, that hero's journey. And that's not something you can find. That's something that you create. And I encourage, encourage you to create it. 
because if you don't, then life is just a circle. It just keeps going round and round and you deal with the same shit all the time and you're just going to be unhappy. And so f- find a cause, find a purpose, male or female, it doesn't matter. Give yourself a reason to get up every day to to give yourself a reason to go through the pain that you go to go through when when you go when you go into a direction that you haven't gone before that's that's why it's called growing pains but give yourself purpose give yourself a cause and see how much that can change your life